Hi, welcome to another episode of the Brain Food Podcast. Just Simon here at the moment. Basically, uh, we are taking a slightly different direction with the show. We are now dividing the show up, and I, I feel like I've announced this on like many, many podcasts that we've got coming up because we do not record them in order. But very quickly here, what we're doing is we're splitting up the show basically based on feedback from you guys you know first we wanted to do a variety show but we realized it's better to kind of split the practical knowledge and the interviews up and then have the kind of fun fact things as separate in uh, a separate episode so now we're doing those on a monday and the uh whether we're doing an interview like what you're going to hear today or whether we're doing a fun facts different days of the week monday and thursday although i'm aware this is probably going out on friday but everything will become more organized as we move forward we're still finding our feet and getting everything sorted but in the episode today what you're going to hear is an episode uh, an interview sorry with carl smallwood who is a writer on today i found out if you if you've listened to if you've watched the today i found out channel you have certainly heard a lot of stuff that is by carl he's a really entertaining guy he's got his own youtube channel as well you can find it at fact fiend on youtube just uh, search for that and it will pop up so uh, yeah let's just let's just leave it there let's just jump into the interview with carl we'll be back very shortly with another brand new episode we are all good to go. Okay, uh, joining us today is prolific online writer and the man behind Fact Fiend, a YouTube channel which you probably should be subscribed to. It's uh, Carl Smallwood. Carl, welcome to the show. Uh, hi there. Thank you for the very positive introduction. <laughs> we like to make our guests feel welcome, so we are. Uh... Well, and like probably pretty much everyone listening to this right now is, uh, you know, because still early days of the podcast is coming over from the Today I Found Out YouTube channel, which I mean you've written like three hundred articles and like some. Of our most popular videos there like uh, like what's actually supposed to happen when you land on the free parking in monopoly i think i got five million views or something and uh can the queen's guard really not react to people while on duty was another huge one so like everyone i think is familiar with your work if they're listening to the podcast i'll say it's close i think it's close to 500 because there's about 150 in the archives i don't think people looked at yet <laughs> yeah I've, i'm i'm a bit behind <laughs> it keeps hitting something i think we'll get to them all enough by now <laughs> Yeah, it, it's the problem of my model doesn't scale with like one editor. It doesn't scale well. You probably need a new editor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. so I, so, I so do. Yeah, it's true. So uh, if, if even if you're not familiar, I mean, I, I think one of the things about your YouTube channel, Carl, is that if people like our stuff, the chances are they will like your stuff because you've written a lot of the stuff that goes out on our YouTube channel. So it's like the same, but funnier. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not, it's just more, um, I swear a lot more in mine. But funny <laughs> enough, when we got those first few boosts from you guys, um, one of the top guys was like, what is this? I don't get it. <laughs> so we noticed a huge spike in views and then an immediate drop off as people clicked and went, this guy isn't just reading from a script. What is this? What's this off nonsense? None of that. I think the same people have the same reaction to the podcast. It's like, I need more facts. Why are there not? Why is this yeah. not ninety nine point nine percent fact content? Other than it's kind of got more swear words. What what is the gist of the show? What what would be the one word to or one sentence to describe it? Imagine having a conversation in a pub with that one friend who never shuts up. I think is <laughs> it's been described. Selling it, that's selling a, it. <laughs> well, that's the idea behind it. Um, we did actually try and do early days a video much in the same vein as yours, where it's yeah. me reading script, and it was so awful. 
I deleted it. We're never going to show it because I had no charisma whatsoever when I didn't have a person to bounce off of. You, you, it's it's gone forever. Or is this one of those things? Like uh, I saw a video where PewDiePie went through his like old tweets from like years ago that ended up in his draft thing, and it was hilarious to see like what he was up to back in the day. Is this something you've actually deleted, or is this something that's going to see a release when you've got like five million subscribers? Uh, <laughs> worst example got deleted. We did try to do close-ups and a zoom in on my face because uh, I have this weird thing where I'm trying to concentrate when I was reading the script where I just squint really hard so I just looked like I had that knife wounds for eyes it was awful so the entire time just staring direct to camera I went no this gets deleted but I think we have some footage of the early day stuff that we're planning to maybe upload one day maybe when I've got enough of uh, confidence to go okay I feel like this won't ruin my reputation it makes it worse for me though because I've got really thick eyebrows (laughs) my eyebrows are just bigger than my eyes which is really straight and I don't like it. So uh, that's, that's been a problem. Taking it right back to the beginning, how did you kind of get into this business in the first place? It's uh, quite an unusual thing to, to be involved with. Well, I actually stumbled pretty much ass backwards into writing. I was reading Cracked a lot when I was in university, like I think a lot of like hungover university students did. Yeah. I just saw a sign saying, write for us. So I clicked it a few articles they all got immediately rejected because of course they did <laughs> i didn't read any of the submission guidelines and then probably forgot about it for about two or three months and then i got an email randomly from one of the editors there saying oh there's a kernel of a good idea in one of your pictures would you like to like collaborate with a more experienced writer to finish it off i went yes and from there i just went oh i can earn money doing this okay then and just kept submitting articles there and then just applied for every single gig I saw, whether it paid me or not. Probably to my own detriment, really. But wow. <laughs> how how long ago was that? How long you been how long you been doing this? That was 2010. So that's like oh, wow. uh, actually maybe earlier. I can't remember now. I actually I always say five years, but I've been saying five years for about five <laughs> years. Yeah. So I yeah. think close to ten years <laughs> now, because I started about 18, 19, and yeah. I significantly older than that now. <laughs> yeah, you would uh, you started with uh, today I found out in 2013 I was actually just looking back cuz I actually I actually thought you approached me, but it turns out it was the other way around. Yeah, yeah, I was really happy about that. I remember because when I got that message from you I went, "Oh, this is enough for me to like quit the job I have right now if I get this money." So I just went and quit the job I had later <laughs> that day. And the celebrity and woke up the next day with a hangover going, "I should really read over that email again." Just to make sure he's not pulling my leg. I'm just wondering, though, like, the audience, what are they going to think hearing my accent and your accent in tandem? This is really going to freak people out. So I think you have, like, what people imagine is a, like, a typical British-English accent. Yeah. And I, it's uh, been a consistent problem for me. Um, I have to slow down how I speak when I'm on video. The first few we did, uh, we edited it, and it's like we genuinely considered slowing them down to about 90, like, 0.9%, yeah. just so you could understand what i was saying but we thought it looked too weird because my hand movements look like i was doing tai chi (laughs) (laughs) like a a lot of youtubers uh, will speed up what they do so they'll be reading and then they'll do it at a bit of a slower pace and then they'll punch it up 10% because everyone's used to everything on YouTube being just a little bit quicker than real life. So the mm. the, the visual politics channel I do, the guys, they always punch everything up and then I sent them something and they were like, we punched it up like 10%, but it just sounded insanely fast. And then we realized, ah, oh, you just speak fast anyway. Could you slow down? Oh, yeah, same, same problem. But They want you to slow down so they can speed it up. No, like no, no. They wanted, they wanted me to slow down altogether because my... Uh, 
their speeded up was slower than my regular so they needed it to be to be and they're spanish so they speak super fast anyway the solution there is like tell them to speed up like you need to start like an arms race of sorts on youtube of who can speak the fastest i think that that could be good like <laughs> bring up an article right now speed read this we all need to like steal zero punctuation shtick we can do it we can all steal his idea and just speak super fast like I... british guys talking fast is its own genre Wait, we can do it what's that channel i think it's zero punctuation like that's the guy who just talks really he's a talk fast british guy who does the video game reviews i have i i will look this up immediately after this interview i had no idea all right i thought he was just i thought he was just well known i have not watched any of his reviews in years but he started the whole british guy talking fast stick as far as i'm aware i didn't even know that was a thing oh right no, no. okay this well, i'm is... teaching you some stuff i'm dropping knowledge this is one thing like uh we were at vidcon like uh two weeks ago the like big youtube conference thing and it's like oh, crazy how it was great it was great but people will be like yeah you know this guy he's got like eight million subscribers i'll be like i have never heard of him people will be like what do you do and it's like i've got several million subscribers and they're like i've never heard of you and it's just because youtube <laughs> is really massive took place in amsterdam correct yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. right and that city has a reputation yeah. so i'm going to ask a question now and your silence will speak volumes <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of people there. They're all successful. A lot of them are very good looking. Obviously, they're all on camera. And there's obviously um, we've got a lot of money because they've all got lots of subscribers. Was it as crazy as I'm imagining? Uh, <laughs> no. It was pretty Well, our biggest question was about the, the conference hotel, right? I mean, we do okay. We're like a fairly big YouTube channel. But the conference hotel is like 400 bucks a night. I heard you mention <laughs> I'm like... I feel like this is going to be a broken record about like how cheap Simon is, but who pays $400 a night for a four-star hotel slightly outside the center of Amsterdam? It just seemed insane to me. And I went to Amsterdam and I think I paid £12 or €12 Euros per night to stop in a hostel, and that was great. We got a free <laughs> when we signed in. I would have just gone there, but I just imagine, I think it's like the Olympics. Are you guys familiar with like the Olympics? I have heard of it, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say familiar. I know it exists. It's every... Couple oh, of years. Well, I mean, in specific regards to the uh, the Seoul Olympics one year, they gave every competitor like I think fifteen condoms each for the yeah. entire duration of the Olympics, and they ran out in two days. Wow! <laughs> They've got all those young, fit people. I'm thinking, yeah. is this conference the same thing? Uh, we weren't invited to any of those parties, at least. Oh no! <laughs> it was it was fun. It was like a, I think the one in the one in in LA is a lot bigger because this had maybe yeah. I estimated a thousand people. Did we ever find out what the yeah, final prob- count was? Yeah, probably. It was pretty small, which I actually I actually liked. It was a little nicer, uh, especially like the education meetup thing was. Like, I mean, what was it like thirty people maybe in there? Yeah, which was great. Yeah, but I think that one in what's it in anaheim Fifty thousand people go so i imagine that's a little yeah. like there were there were guys who were at this one who were who were also doing some some big size channels and they were so they went last year and they were like you know you get these like logan paul types the the 20 year old with a billion 14 year old fans but apparently that makes it pretty intense <laughs> are there even fifty thousand youtubers jesus well I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah. they also have a creator track uh sorry uh, the fan uh, the fan, fan track fan, fan track Oh, right. That's kind of crazy. Saying you yeah. guys get fans by now. Simon, you must get recognized in the street, surely. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think a lot of people complain about this. Like, uh, and I was like, no, it's, it's really cool. Um, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't complain about it. And if I do catch myself complaining about it, I'll be like, don't complain about it. A lot of people want this and it's actually quite nice. <laughs> yeah. 
you basically like, oh no my success oh yeah. it's awful <laughs> well this is All that this kind of showering over me i wish i could get rid of it we, we do have a vague interview structure that we've already moved in an entertaining way away from but uh i want to know like oh, the the kind of what does your day look like you mentioned like before we hit record that it's it's about 10 a.m the time you're recording and you're like it's an early yes. call uh, you're a night person yeah. tell, tell me tell me about your day well uh well first you've got to wake up and you've got to get your cup of tea yeah if you haven't got a cup of tea like you're just not working in my opinion so i've got to get that and i like my first like hour or so is just going through all the work i did the previous day so if i submitted something if i did research going through it because i do a lot of my work at night so some of the stuff obviously i'll miss words i'll um uh, there'll be bad punctuation normally take a look through that and then it's just right all day i don't really have a structure it's just i will go okay this is the article i need to do today i will sit down for, until it's done and it, if it takes an hour if it takes five hours it'll get done i don't care which is obviously a problem for me because I can't work if I know I've got something to do later that day. So I need to take entire days off, which I think is, I mean, it's unique to me, but it's a quirk of how I do my work, unfortunately. Oh, because so if you have your... like an appointment at five, it's like, I can't start because if I don't finish, I won't make that appointment. Yes. And I know that I, I would hate to have an article half finished because I've got to come back to it half finished. Well, like, yeah, exactly. Like that that's that's huge is also I do the same. Like you can't stop in between because it's just like it all goes out of your head like completely. And so it just takes way longer if you take a big break or whatever in between than if you just sat down and just like hammer it out for however many hours it takes. Yeah, like mental fatigue is like a real problem for me. I remember my yeah. dad not understanding what this is when I was saying sometimes I'll sit down in my computer and go, okay, I can't think of a joke. I look at an introduction for like hours and hours and I, I can't do it. And I have to stand yeah. up and go away and come back an hour later. And then it's, I've cleared my head and I can do it. And it's like, how is that a thing? Like, how do you get tired right if you're on your laptop? It's like, well, it's really difficult to like consistently come up with like jokes and stuff. You do get mentally fatigued and you just couldn't understand it. Yeah, well, and and in the genre, in the genre, you got to hold so much information in your head because you got to kind of become a mini expert or a temporary expert in the topic at hand. And so, yeah, it just, you got to hold it all in your head, and yeah, your brain gets tired. Yeah, in specific regards, like today, I found out articles like they are like some of the most like well-researched articles I've written. So, like, if people go to the bottom of an article and they actually click the references section, they'll see like a dozen or so references yeah. that's probably a fraction of what i actually use during the course of like researching yeah an article it's just i think most of it's just superfluous information or stuff to like yeah. reconfirm stuff that's in those sources and i'll just link yeah. ones that i feel like if you want to prove everything that's said in that so we can click these but there mm-hmm. are additional sources that i just don't bother including because why would yeah. that? Yeah. maybe not free to be so bloody long there's no no one's going to read through that yeah. yeah, and Google Google doesn't like it if you put too many links anyway. So yeah, I do I do the exact same thing. Yeah, it's like the thing you know, link stuffing or something like that. They just try to raise upon those uh, bars. Like, no, I just genuinely use this much stuff. So it goes yeah. back to university when I had to like basically source every single thing. Oh yeah, and I yeah, stays with like thirty or forty sources in the bibliography from like a range of sources, and it's like ugh. At least you don't have to do that. Did you have to use that like a uh, Harvard referencing style or the Chicago one where it'd be like. Author's last name, followed by middle initials. Second author's name, followed by name of journal, date public, and the insane yes. referencing standards. Yes, and I hated that, and I remember God. getting marked down. So I feel like I've been spoiled by the ability to just put a little hyperlink. Just yeah, because <laughs> yeah, that's the whole, that's the whole point of the reference, just to make sure people know they can go. That's you know they, where they can go to get it. Why, why do you need more than that? Yeah, just copy no paste the title to the article and then just put a little yeah. hyperlink. Okay. I don't have exactly. to exactly. 
his name up, the date, like what he had for breakfast, his mother's maiden name on the like, <laughs> yeah. It's fantastic. I feel spoiled by it from university. It's crazy. With, uh, with regards to that, like, I always think, like, with Today I Found Out, we do topics on so many different things. Like, it'll jump one day, it'll be something, one day, it'll be something else. If yes. you were, like, writing for golf monthly something, I don't know, that's a terrible example, but something where it's like you can become an expert. I have written golf articles <laughs> <laughs> Better example than I, I thought. Have- there is a topic I have probably written about. I used to write for a medical um, website that was trying to be cracked-esque. So you see a lot of these pictures, like, oh, can you write a cracked-esque article on this topic? And it was a medical, like, um, I'm trying to think of the word now, orientated yeah. um, website with, like, funny, humorous articles. So I wrote about that for a while, and that website went under immediately. And it's like just <laughs> gon- gonorrhea, just not that funny. It's more, I got so many, like, can you just write blank like this? How much would you charge? That sort of thing. And as like, obviously a young, naive writer with like ribbons in my hair. I was like, okay, yeah, I'll do this. Yeah. I'll do it for $30. I'll spend like four or five hours writing and researching <laughs> for $30. And then they won't pay me. Brutal. <laughs> I have written like on a range of subjects. Um, most of which I have no interest in, which I guess is that's the that's the beauty of this profession. I guess there must be a lot of stuff you've had to uh, narrate, Simon. That you've got no affinity for whatsoever. Yeah, dude. And I did one about like there was about consp- like a conspiracy theory, and I'm just like, oh. wow, I do not believe any of this. But I'm saying it, it with be- like such authority. You're just like, and then the British police they found out that he was in fact from mars and it's like wow i can say this and really sound like i believe it this is a great skill i should do this and so yeah I, well how did you start i'm not sure if you mentioned this a podcast already but like i'm imagining you're just like at a bar telling a story to somebody and then the bartender comes up and just slides across a free drink and says <laughs> eat saying words yeah it's is that how it started it, I was a bit yeah one day <laughs> It was. It wasn't. It wasn't quite so glamorous. I was just. I was at university. Maybe like you. It was. It was kind of a similar thing. But you know, you were reading cracks and you saw that thing, and it's like, you can do this. I think someone at university said like, you should do something with your. I was studying law, and they're like, you should do something with your voice rather than this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I could. I know it's, it's, that's quite random. But then I think in the summer I googled how to make money with my voice. Uh, well, university is the best time to get into anything like this. That's probably my key piece of advice. If you're in university and you want to get into anything creative, do it now because you basically have unlimited free time compared to anybody else. Yeah. So, if I, I'm guessing like big YouTubers, you look at their early videos, they're always sat in those blank white rooms that you can tell are university <laughs> halls. But this is because obviously you've got so much free time compared to working or even when you're in high school. I think that I don't know how you feel about this guys but my my thing was always at university I'm like yeah but I don't have any money it'll be like in a few years I'll have a job and then I can use that money to put into this business that is the biggest fallacy time is so much more important and you won't have any money anyway yeah. because you'll be spending it on stuff it's just like university is the golden time it is mm-hmm. it's, um, it's a ridiculous <laughs> amount of like just time you have and time is what you need to do stuff like this because obviously money doesn't really matter like you most students, I'm guessing they have computers. If you've got a computer, you can basically do all of this stuff. And especially mm-hmm. if you're a student, you have access to basically all of the equipment that the university has. And the you can get people. Creative Cloud for not an extortionate price. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> discounts on everything as well. I think you can get an Apple MacBook. You can get all sorts of discounts on Apple products. You get you can get Adobe software for reduced rates. You can like even go into the university and use all their stuff. It's crazy. So that's yeah, my you're a, 
if you're like a computer science student too, you get basically everything. They throw the software at you for free because they just want you to use it. You know, Microsoft, like every you get the little licenses for any of their software you want. Um, it's quite nice. And even if you don't have a computer, like a, a powerful computer, you can like go use the the powerful computers at the university. Like no one's going to stop you going into the mm-hmm. the video editing room and and using it. I mean, just ask someone. Yeah. Like, and um, well, if people want to write you specifically, I do all of my work on a Chromebook I bought for a hundred pounds. <laughs> so if you that, you do not need all that much. I just looked at I need word processing software. That is it. Like, yeah. What is the bog standard thing I can buy? And I got that. Going back to that whole golf thing, I think we we kind of got on off a tangent there, but I didn't want to ask about <laughs> golf. But I did want to ask about, because today I found out jumps from one thing to the other. If you're writing about golf, it's like, yeah, you can become an expert on golf or, you know, you know, uh, armchair expert or whatever. And then it's like someone will say like, write about the... I don't even know what a golf tournament is called, but like, uh, like a, a Masters or an Open or what are they? It doesn't matter. Go write about this like Australian Open. And then yeah. it's fine because you've got like a knowledge of golf. You'll be like, okay, I know who the leading guy in the world is. I know who this dude is. I know what a, a pitching wedge is and all of this stuff. But with today, I found out it's like, how do you, how do you make yourself an expert on something that is you've never even heard about before, and you're just going in, and then you've got to write something, you know, as you mentioned, with such you know crazy amount of re- references and resources and stuff. Well, um, here's my big secret, and I might be like pulling back the curtain a bit. Here. Is it Google? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> children's textbooks people are probably gonna laugh about this but what? you go get a textbook aimed at children or teenagers or anything like that because they're designed to give a basic grounded explanation for a beginner that anyone can understand and that's how i get my basic understanding and then i can go to like more in-depth research and things that are obviously aimed at like people who are more academically inclined but that's my mm-hmm. big secret and i do it quite a lot with um i think we've done a few maths articles in the past or uh, ones that involve like science or physics or anything because i don't use much of my science or chemistry knowledge from high school so you do have to remind yourself <laughs> yeah. quite a bit but that's a big secret be like right. covalent bonding i only remember the name i have no idea what that is but i'm sure yeah, it's a thing if you want to get a like a rundown of what that is what's the best place to get obviously if you go to a science website it's going to assume that you've got a basic understanding of science knowledge so if you go to a textbook that will explain is if you are a complete idiot that is, one that of the, is how you get like the solid grounding that is one of the best unexpected answers i've ever heard in a podcast and i've done like 180 interviews of different people like for another show and that is one of the most surprisingly and then you're like that makes perfect sense that's fantastic well obviously people are going to be thinking that oh wait this guy gets paid to read children's <laughs> textbooks it's, like, it's not that <laughs> it's obviously if you have a subject you have absolutely no idea about the best way to get a ground guy is like well how do they teach people who don't have any knowledge whatsoever usually it's going to be a textbook for children <laughs> and it will give you a really solid basic understanding of this thing and go, okay now i know this and i understand obviously yeah. i've done college which is I guess in America that'd be university, but college and university. I did English, math, and science. Yeah, it's my basic A-level degree, so I have a reasonable understanding of how it works. But sometimes you just need to be reminded. Once you've got that solid work, you can build upon that, so you don't go straight for the high-level stuff. Because obviously, I could just imagine someone coming around to your house and you'd be like, "Let me make you a cup of tea, or let's have have a beer," and then they'll be, you know, as you go to the kitchen to get, you know, go to the fridge or whatever, and they're like looking at your shelf, and it's just like all these books for children, and they're just thinking. Is Carl slow? Like he's just got all these. <laughs> <laughs> he's got all these books for children. Uh, 
my actual my personal bookshelf that I use for like research for ideas, it has a lot of old um, Pelican textbooks in there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Were basically written in the fifties because I went into an old bookstore and they were sort of like fifty p. <laughs> so I bought like forty of them, and they're just like really old textbooks that were given to children, but I think like, like age fourteen to fifteen. Yeah. But it's subject they don't teach in school anymore. So I think I've got one like, on the history of like war gaming. Which is really interesting. I'm reading at the moment. It's like, oh, here's how they use like um, chess boards and stuff on battlefields to mark out like, how like, where they should attack and all that sort of thing, which I found quite interesting. They would but, teach this in school back in the day. Um, I think so. Yeah, awesome. I don't know if it's Pelican. I don't know if Pelican textbooks are the ones they used in school, or they used for, like teaching people who are like, seeking knowledge on their own. I went to school in the wrong era. We had to study, like, the period between the wars. And it's like, wait, so we have the two fascinating wars and then we've got this, like, period of economic hardship in between and we study that really GCSE history? (laughs) It's like if you go back to old episodes, I know I'm completely losing David on this, like the Krypton Factor and all those really old game shows. The questions they used to ask on there were insane compared to the ones you get on, like, who wants to be a millionaire these days? Yeah. And I think they got rid of questions altogether and said, okay, pick a box. So he's getting Noel Edmund saying, pick a box, it might have some money in it. Yeah, yeah, that's it's for dumb people. Yeah, and oh, it's no. just it's just math. So are you familiar with this? This is deal or no deal, Devin. Do you have this in the States? Uh, we have like a version, I think, yeah. They do. Do you know what my favorite part about the American version is? Instead of numbers, they use colors. No. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have numbers, you pick colors. Oh, no, that's terrible. It's so pointless. <laughs> It's, it's pointless anyway you could just go in there i feel like there should just be a like a computer sitting there you just press the button and it's like you've won this amount there's or yeah, it's, a, it's a thousand episodes so far still going strong wow wow people will watch anything although i suppose the thing is the banker calls in right and you can you can choose to take his offer that's the only yeah that's i um, am a big big fan of that show it's like there's not it's not even like any skill involved just pick a box and you will get some money at the end. It's like, yes, this is light entertainment. Did you guys? Did you guys see the? Uh, do you know Golden Balls? This is uh, another British TV oh, show. Oh yeah, this is this is great. Did Jasper, you? S- Jasper Carrot wasn't it? Uh, I don't know. Um, but there's the one where the guy basically explores a new element of game theory. Have you seen this YouTube video? NPR did a podcast about this. It was amazing. Where it's, I'm, I'm going to explain this terribly. I'm not going to even try. But basically, there's a contestant who comes on there and he works out how to beat it. And then economists are like, this is technically like a new branch of game theory that hasn't really been explored. And then NPR did this whole podcast interviewing this guy. And it's it's fascinating, like how he basically beats the game. I love stuff like that. There's um, like been a couple of like bits of research done. One of my favorites is for Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Yeah. They say the absolute best way to succeed in that is to never talk to the host. Because if you never talk to the host, obviously you can't be distracted because obviously they're there to make you question your answers. Yeah. So the way to do it is just be a complete sociopath and not make eye contact and give your answer and refuse to acknowledge them in any way, shape or form. That's awesome. And I want to see that. I want to see someone go on to one of these shows and just refuse to acknowledge the host. There are there are other ones where he just shuts them down. Like I was, I've seen that. I must have seen that clip about that guy. You know who he wins the million dollars uh, in the states, and he hasn't used any of his lifelines. Have you guys seen that clip? Yeah, and he calls up his parents <laughs> to tell them that he's won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like this guy was onto it because he just shuts them down. He was. It's like the million dollar question. And he's like, "This yeah. is the answer. It's my final answer." And the guy's like, "Okay." Right. 
when you are like so you're researching and everything um but you're researching like so many different types of topics and stuff so like how do you do that like day in and day out without burning out like what what like do you take breaks like to do just take days off like you're saying or like how does that work days off i do not take because even on days where i'm not like physically writing or working i will do research because obviously i have to like to supplement my income i still have to do like freelance pitches to a lot of places so even when i'm not doing actual physical writing i need to do research and i think i'm quite lucky in the fact that i just enjoy learning new things like, i went mm-hmm. to study like media and communications and media theory which is a really dense subject that has no application in real life <laughs> i just enjoy reading and learning new things so i'm quite lucky with that there there are people i know who get burned out i've seen multiple times people try to pitch articles or get into this and just get burned out after like pitching two or three ideas and having them all shut down and all that work if not yeah but, yeah well because that's the thing is like i yeah i've had you know today i found us had tons of authors over over the years and you're like the one who has stuck around since like for five years now so it's just like you and you just keep going i like money i quite like <laughs> I, I quite like waking up at midday that is a real big um like part that's keeping me going so i worked <laughs> some terrible jobs in the past i used to work at a race course which involved getting up at 6 a.m and then getting a two-hour bus ride that i had to pay for to go serve drinks to people at a race course two hours oh yeah oh. obviously uh, i'll be down south and i'm up here in sheffield at the moment so uh, it's that's the thing that keeps me going thinking well it could be worse i could be serving drinks to people in brightly colored suits who won't tip me yeah. For six pound fifty an hour. With, if I remember correctly, one of them had an American Express black card because one of your articles was all about yes, that. that. That is a true story. I was serving champagne, doing champagne service in a bar, and this really, really old man, like skin like leather, like this yeah. guy spent his time on a yacht. <laughs> and he just came up and he handed me the black card. And I was familiar with it because I've researched it on my own time because it's an interesting concept. And he hands it to me, I can feel it, and it feels like it's made of like lead or like yeah. just any like. Um, I'm trying to think of the word now, granite, I think is the way I describe it. And it's, I go, this is the black card, isn't it? And he goes, yes. And he goes, okay, I might be out of here, but this can be used to buy anything, correct? Yeah. You just said we don't accept Amex. Because <laughs> <laughs> plenty of places in Europe won't accept Amex. Well, I think you, you accept that card. And where I was, it's like, he was buying like £700 worth of champagne. Wow. He just all the bottles are like lined up on the bar. So him and his entourage, uh, as you can imagine, quite attractive women could just continue drinking without having to worry about asking for anything. And said, so what's the most expensive thing you've bought with this? And he just looked me dead in the eye and said, a boat. And turned around. Wow. That's <laughs> he awesome. He just bought a boat. And I like to imagine he just walked in, just pointed at it, and then just handed it, left his card on the desk and walked out and just drove his boat away. So he just bought a boat. And I asked him what happened to that boat, and he just told me his ex-wife's got it. Oh. <laughs> there you go. So it's always a happy ending for everybody. He's, pers- he's pursuing <laughs> a chargeback. That is a true story. Yes, I have actually seen one of those things in real life. That's great. That's great. Um, and speaking of like subjects, I always think, you know, any. it seems like on... On, on the YouTube channel, whenever we do something corporate, like about an American Express black card or about McDonald's or about that, you know, this is stuff that it seems YouTube seemed to love, but you, you know, your articles always seem to do great. Like the Queen's Guard one's a great example. And this, how do you, yeah. how do you pick topics that the internet happens to love? Like all the uh, time, I'm consistently. Gonna, I'm going to give big props to cracks.com for that. Obviously I've mentioned them once, twice. I highly recommend anyone who does want to get into writing, just go there. Even if you want to write for them, just go into their like workshop 
because they have a ginormous list of like resources from people who've written there for years. Like they've had people go on to work for like SNL. I think one of their writers currently writes for like American Dad now. So wow. if you want to get some, one of their um, the key things they say about articles is you must have a unique twist on everything you pitch. You can't just do a straight up article of like badass animals. It has to be have that twist that makes people want to read like badass animals that fit in the palm of your hand. Badass animals that look cute. Badass animals that I eat. Other badass animals for fun. That sort of thing. And that really stuck with me. I mean, that being the groundwork I have. See, I'm like, I, all of those could be good. I'm like, yeah, I'd read all of that. <laughs> but it's, it's that idea of like a twist that makes it more interesting. So when obviously I'm researching stuff about, say, the American Express Black Card, I could just write a really generic article on here's how it comes about. But I always look for that one twist. I'm like, okay, what's the weirdest thing someone bought with this? What's like the takeaway I want people to like say when they're next at the pub? The top 10 most dangerous animals bought with an American Express black card. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. I always want to put that twist in that people like, have a takeaway of. Because like, I always feel like if something's interesting or it makes you laugh, it's going to make you remember that thing. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you, like humor always makes you remember that particular. Like, I was just going to ask is that, you know, you mentioned the cracked resources for writers. Is that something you get access to as a writer for cracked, or is that something they make publicly no, available? You can, go, you can go straight into their workshop, which I guess is to their detriment because while I was actively writing for that, they used to have a real big problem with people just stealing their articles. Shop's completely open. You can go into their approved list and see like, an archive of every article that's been accepted for the site. You wow. can go through like from pitch to final creation and you can see like, here's how like the topic was like evolved from just a basic idea into what you see on and i think their idea of like you take away that people have this is the thing people are going to tell their friends when they half remember this article later in the pub and i think i approached today i found out articles in the same way and i always try and find one i hope people have noticed that there's always something silly in there that you think is not true but then you read into oh it is true it's just this one minor fact that other people i guess would miss yeah Mm -hmm. it sounds simple in a way like you found you find an interesting subject then you add a weird twist but i thinking about it now you just came up with all those awesome ones and i'm like i could do this and then i'm like i can't think of anything because i'm stupid (laughs) (laughs) it's not it's possible i've been doing it for years at this point but uh like to obviously plug my own stuff for a little bit the I like to approach it is I like to give a ridiculous scenario or headline yeah. and then completely and utterly back it up. So that's like, I call it like anti-clickbait where I'm going to use this as an example because I'm sorry if this gets you, I'm not sure if this will get you flagged, but we had a video called That Time Jackie Chan Admitted to Liking Horse Pornography. <laughs> and that is the most ridiculous headline. I think you can, you can all agree that's kind of stupid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, it's based on in that you will see that jackie chan did one time admit to liking horse pornography because while he was filming rush hour three um one of the people off the side asked him to say i like the one with the horses when he's asking to rent a dirty movie and that is so funny that i think i'm gonna make an article out of this but to most people that'd be like oh it's a a funny outtake at the end of a film to me i spun that into an entire article because hot damn is that hilarious and obviously spun it into an idea jackie chan learned a lot of his lines phonetically for his movies they just feed him lines in english because he can't read his actual script oh that's just a funny thing i turn it into a full article by going okay so why did jackie chan say this 
Mm-hmm. And then I mean the Very article, sweet. if you, because it's the in a way the article is really about Jackie Chan being fed these lines and like how he did it early on in the yeah. you yeah anti clickbait. I like it. Yeah, like the takeaway there is like the thing that I'm promising you in that headline is that absolutely 100 percent true. Yeah. And I like to approach the way I uh, the lot of the work I do. <laughs> I think uh, today I found out. I'm not sure how many of the titles actually make it through editing. <laughs> Well, I think, yeah, but some of the titles, obviously, they promise ridiculous things, which are completely true when you read the article. And I use those as jumping off points to talk about stuff that's probably more mundane, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. This is one of the biggest defenses yeah. I feel we make in the comments where people will be like, oh, that's such a clickbait title. And it's like, it's not clickbait if the video delivers on what was there. Like, people will be like, oh, you clickbait me with the Jackie Chan horse pornography thing. It's like, well, no, it's it's completely correct. What are you talking about? Can I say, I am so happy to hear you say that sentence. That is great. <laughs> Can isolate it's it for you. What I love about my research, and I think my only real i don't think i'm a strong writer because i'm guessing damon's edited my stuff he can see that i still make amateur mistakes even today <laughs> after doing it for many years i feel much this looking and finding that one silly thing that most people write off i really appreciate <laughs> you coming on and taking the time um we mentioned your your uh, youtube channel at the beginning but give it another plug where where can people find you on on the interwebs Oh, if you just type in my name, Carl Smallwood with a K, and my last name spelled the way it sounds, yes, that's my real name. <laughs> oh, fact fiends, you can find me there. Um, the videos, if you want, are not like the ones you will see on today. I found out. I'm very, very sorry. <laughs> well, I hope people enjoy them. We try really hard. You still get the interesting fact. You just get a lot of humor and, um, you know, funny yeah. stuff to go along with it. Yeah, none of that's come across today, but trust me, I'm funny when I've got an editor who's on this. <laughs> it's like everyone's better after the edit <laughs> all right Carl, thank you thank you so much and uh hopefully we'll get to do this again someday yeah no problem mm-hmm.